1: Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Chargers Analytics with Arjun. And do we have some things to talk about today? I mean, out of all of the four losses we've had so far, this has to be by far the most disappointing loss, just because this is a game we easily should have won against the Vikings at home, them going on the road with five defensive starters injured, and we still managed to lose this game. We have some, we have some things to go over, um, I think number one, we kind of have to just talk about the Chargers as a team in general. And like, I I've brought this up in at least like three or four of my last couple of videos. You know, the Chargers are not elite. They're not great. They're good. And I said this in my last video, even after coming off this Eagles win, where we only won by three against an Eagles team, right? This Eagles team. We only won by three. I said they were a very good team, not elite, not great. They weren't with the Titans, They weren't with the bills and they're definitely not on the bucks or Packers or that level. And, you know, I had people in the comments tell me like, you know, you don't know what an elite team is. Every team has had a bad loss. Every team has, you know, has been blown out or, or lost to a bad team. But yeah, I agree. But those teams have also shown consistency in game instead of this kind of erratic type of play that the Chargers have had and it not only stretches from just the offense, but it's in the defense as well, where now we're seeing that the run defense is slightly improved, but the pass defense is not, is not there. Like it's not where it needs to be. And for Brandon Staley defense, you know, to have be built around stopping the pass, which I'll get into just in just a little bit for them to allow that many yards in the air and for Justin Jefferson to have that kind of a day is is really disappointing to see. But like I said, the main takeaway is the Chargers are a good team. That's it. They're they're a playoff contender. I don't see them being Super Bowl contenders this year, unfortunately. Let me put it to you this way. Before this game, you were five and three with a negative two-point differential. If you have a winning record with a negative point differential, what does that tell you? That either tells you we're overachieving or we got lucky in a lot of one-score games, or both. That's that's pretty much what's happening. The best example is the Browns from last year, right? They made the playoffs, but they had a negative point differential. Right now, we're five and four with a negative nine-point differential. You know, and obviously most of those points came from the Ravens game. But still, if you're if you have a winning record with a negative point differential, then you're you're probably not as good as your record indicates. Like like the Patriots, six and four. They have scored 275 points and only allowed 177. So they, they they pretty much have a plus 98 point differential. That is a good team. That is a team I would believe in that they can make the playoffs and potentially make a run. Five Chargers are five and four with a negative nine point differential, right? Other teams like the the Raiders, they're five and four with a negative twenty point differential. They're not a good team, but a team like the, the Bengals. 5 and 4 plus 33 point differential. I can kind of get behind that. That they they know how to put up points and they know how to, you know, kind of stop other teams. But the Chargers, like I said, 5 and 4 negative point differential. Things just are not looking good for them right now. Do I think they're trending downwards? No. Do I think some of the mistakes they've made in the past 4 weeks are fixable? Yes. Like these are fixable things that can be coached, taught, implemented, strategized, you know, game planned for But right now, the Chargers are not in a good place. And I'm just like, I have some stats that I want to read off that I think just resemble what I'm trying to say. So, the Chargers, like I said, predicated on stopping explosive passes. So, you know, an explosive pass can be defined as any pass that gains 15 or more yards. Brandon Salis' defense with the Rams last year, number one in least explosive plays allowed through the air yesterday Vikings had 10 plays of 15 or more yards through the air so they had 10 explosive passes which like I said for Brandon Staley led team is you know kind of unacceptable and look I'm all for you know understanding that injuries play a part in everything but I do I absolutely do not want to hear any Chargers fan talk about injuries in this matchup none because I'm not going to give any Reason that the Chargers lost to injuries because the Vikings were without Daniel Hunter, Michael Pierce, Anthony Barr, Patrick Peterson, and Harrison freaking Smith. Five of the top six guys on that defense were out yesterday. And they held us to 20 points. Now I'm gonna show, I'm gonna show a clip just a little bit later in the video showing something that I've noticed in Justin Herbert, which is kind of concerning. But for those five guys to be out on the Vikings defense and to only hold us to 20 points while, while we're at home and almost fully healthy, except, you know, two guys on the offensive line is not good. And for the Chargers to allow 10 explosive passes yesterday is is not good. I understand Michael Davis is out, but I mean, you could have you could have f- found like there should have been a way to to kind of like slow down Justin Jefferson. So that that was something I wasn't too happy about. Um, I mean the Chargers did do somewhat decent against the run only allowed a negative 0.017 EPA per rush allowed um, which is a step up than what it's been in the past you know in in the past couple of games they've actually had you know teams rush for a positive EPA per play or EPA per rush against them so it's it's good that you know they've kind of made improvements in that area but again like the Chargers should have won this game. The, the Vikings had 10 penalties for 118 yards. And this goes back to the explosive passes. The Vikings got backed up multiple times on the game-winning drive, yet they still have found explosive play after explosive play. And honestly, it's it probably due to, you know, Thielen and Jefferson just being better than our corners. But again, like, there should have been a way to negate that. Like, there should have been a way that you, you should be – we should try to be forcing them to win with KJ Osborne or Tyler Conklin or some of their other guys, like implementing like a Bill Belichick strategy. And so, you know, that, that, that was another stat: 10 penalties for 118 yards for them. And they still won the game. We forced um, 20, where is it? We forced 21 pressures. They only forced 11. Like we won the trenches game. We were winning in the trenches and we still couldn't come out with a win. Um, That was disappointing that even though our pass rushers were getting there, it's just like, we couldn't, couldn't make a stop or any get, or our coverage let us down not our defensive line and so again the NFL is a week-to-week league the first couple of weeks it was the secondary that was playing amazing or not amazing the secondary was holding up and it was the pass rush or the D line that wasn't doing their job now it seems to have flip-flopped after Justin Jones came back and Michael Davis goes out the secondary is letting us down time after time again and this D line is is the one holding up and you know being somewhat sturdy um, against the run And lastly, obviously, the three drops, that's huge. Can't have three drops in the game, and all of them were in crucial situations where you know I feel like the Chargers could have got points. And the last point I want to bring up about this game is that the end of the first half drive where the Chargers got the ball at the 50-yard line, yeah, the 50-yard line with a minute to go, you have to put up points there, especially when you're losing by three. If you... Have the if your defense gets you the ball at the fifty yard line and you don't put up points here, you only get four yards on three plays at the end of the half. Something's wrong, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the play calling or player execution. At this point, I think it's just a mixture of both. That like, you know, Joe Lombardi. I'm I'm not gonna. I could do a whole another video about him, like giving my opinion on him. I don't think he's been horrible the last couple of weeks, but you know the players aren't executing draw passes time routes it seems like every play is coming down to like one or two seconds on the play clock like that you know they're not getting set in time they're the play calls coming in late there's no and the whole idea of like tempo and we want to keep the defense off balance I just don't see it I haven't been seeing it so um, that's going to take me to this clip that I wanted to highlight so one of the weaknesses and things that I'm a little bit concerned about for Justin Herbert is it doesn't seem like he's he's able to make a lot of pre-snap reads very well. It's not its not a trait that he developed in college, especially in the Pac-12 where, you know, he was just running a lot of no-huddle stuff. He never really saw these exotic fronts like you see in the NFL. And the problem to me is I think Joel Lombardi and, and the rest of the coaching staff are expecting him to be able to make these reads pre-snap like he's Drew Brees, but he's not Drew Brees. He's a second-year quarterback out of Oregon, and, in, in, you know, the Pac-12 isn't notoriously known for defenses like the sec so you don't see these type of pro style defenses and you know in the past four weeks belichick martindale and mike zimmer three of the best defensive minds in football have been able to just disguise their looks pre-snap and you'll have plays like this where they're in nickel and they have their two line two linebackers on the a gap so they're threatening to just you know send six and the rest play coverage but what actually happens is the two linebackers drop out and no one's open like who's open here and, you know, you can look at the, this was, I believe the the first and 10 on the 50 that I was just, I was just talking about. And so when these guys bail out, you know, who's open, I guess, guide, you could take guidance there, but no one's really open. And it's those quick game type concepts that the chargers are trying to run. They're trying to force the sane system on Justin Herbert. And I just don't see it. I just don't. And so, you know, as much as 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 efficient as the Saints' offense was during Drew Brees' prime, during the height of his powers, during 2018 when he had one of the best seasons of his career, it's just it's not an offense that I feel like Justin Herbert can run at this point, because he doesn't have the pre-snap, like he doesn't he's I don't think he's able to diagnose things pre-snap like Drew Brees was, and and if we go back to the clip I was just showing you these exact looks are what teams are showing it's these cover zero looks where they bail out at the last second or they send one or two send a stunt somewhere and he you know no one's really open the reason herbert did so well against the eagles is because they don't disguise at all like they have one of the most vanilla defensive schemes in the nfl so when justin herbert all he has to do is you know if they're not disguising anything he's going to shred them that's a good thing but when they do disguise And, you know, some, it's not really something that you can really see in the data, it's a film thing. Um, When they do disguise their looks, he just doesn't perform well. And I think that's partly because they're asking him to do a lot. Um, You know, the next thing I want, I wanted to talk about some, like just some of the passing maps, like this, this passing map, you know, the the average depth of target is not, is not something I'm too concerned about. Obviously they, they actually didn't have a single pass travel more than 20 air yards. So, you know, you can do, you know, do whatever, you want with that information um the Vikings could just be trying to limit those explosive passes but what I'm more concerned about is this all these passes on the right side and it's not it's not Justin Herbert only being able to throw to his right side it's the whole idea of the quick game concepts that the Saints used to run where it's just a small one one step three step drop drop back and they hit a guy on an RPO look like Justin Herbert had so much success yesterday on those RPOs on those play actions but they got him in got him um, outside the pocket and in, you know, in rhythm, but they, they seem to try to make him a pocket quarterback and it just didn't work out um, as well. You know, especially for a defense down five starters, this is the type of game plan that they had the type of passing map that they, you know, end up with. It's not, it's not something that's too, um, too encouraging to see. And then finally, this is a, a passing map, like a heat chart for, for what the Chargers receivers run and where, or what the Saints receivers ran in 2018 and 2019, as you can see, there's a ton of um, routes that are run within zero to ten yards uh, outside of the hashes. So a lot of spot concepts, a lot of slants, a lot of you know digs, drags on both the left and right side. But the difference is the Saints, the Saints offense targeted the middle of the field at a high rate because Drew Brees can make those throws. I believe Justin Herbert can make those throws, and I just I think the chargers are, are the chargers know that Justin Herbert can make any throw in the book, but I think there's what I am struggling to understand is they're forcing him to make those difficult throws. And even though he can make it, it's a difficult throw. So the, obviously the probability that it completes the pass, that it's, it goes for a positive play is much lower than if they target the middle of the field, which traditionally has a higher EPA, um, you know, attributed to it. So. You know, I want to hopefully the last half of the season, we get to see some of these, um, you know, middle of the field concepts come come to life, a little more play action here and there. But I mean, overall, right now, there isn't a ton to be excited about, honestly, with the Chargers offense. And like I said, the Eagles game was great. Obviously, props to Justin Herbert and Lombardi for a good game plan there. But like I said, the Eagles don't have a super complex scheme to diagnose. So if Herbert can beat terrible schemes, great if he can't beat good defensive minds he's not going to do well in the playoffs and that that's just a fact. so that that's going to determine whether or not the Chargers are Super Bowl contenders this year I personally like I said playoff contenders at best they have to make the playoffs first they have a pretty like relatively easy schedule going forward but they have to take advantage of every game and that starts with this weekend Um, let's just go over the Steelers real quick and then we'll head out of here Steelers right now 23rd best offense in the NFL you know I don't care if they have Big Ben or Mason Rudolph this offense is not good you know Najee Harris he's okay but if anything you know like that offensive line isn't that great Kevin I just got the news that Kevin Dotson is going to be out um, this weekend so you know that offensive line which wasn't the best just got worse so got to take advantage of that keep the skills behind the sticks force them to throw the ball because they get run, if they're just going to run the ball the entire game the time of possession thing is going to be in the Steelers favor and by the way personally I don't really care about the time of possession thing um, I never played football I'm just a football nerd I just look at data and stuff right obviously and I'm kidding but I understand how fatigue works and How you know if a defense goes on like an eight minute drive lets up a touchdown and then the offense goes threes and three goes three and out it's tough on the defense to really get back in rhythm um, you know on just a short on just a short rest. So. You know, you don't really want to let the Steelers control the clock as much from a, you know, from a physical perspective. The data doesn't really support that time of possession has any correlation with winning or EPA or things like that. So yeah, so Steelers, not a really good offense. They're decent at running the ball, right about league average, not good at all at passing the ball, which obviously is expected and no Juju anymore. So really you have two targets, three maybe to worry about in Deontay Johnson, who's, you know, a pretty solid emerging receiver. Claypool and Najee Harris, Friar I'm not too concerned about. Defensively wise, I mean, you know, the defense is good for the Steelers. They obviously have one of the best defensive lines in the league. Uh, Currently they're ranked 12th in EPA per play allowed. Um, So, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna be stingy. They're gonna be a stingy unit. Probably one of the better ones to charges I've seen this year. I don't believe the Steelers really die, like disguise their looks too often. They're, they kind of just tell their players go win and have the guys to do it. Um, I'm not sure about the status of TJ Watt, but that's going to be huge determining, you know, what type of game plan the Chargers have because TJ Watt loves to line up on that right tackle and Sean Norton's that right tackle. So if, you know, TJ Watt isn't playing, maybe the Chargers go with a more aggressive game plan where they take more shots down the field. Herbert holds onto the ball a little bit longer. But if he is playing, I do expect it to be another, you know, game of just quick passes, You know, Herbert throwing the ball under like 2.5 seconds, um, just because I think that's how Steely and Lombardi are trying to hide the weakness that is Storm Norton and Michael Schofield. All right. So that's going to wrap it up. Like I said, Steelers should be a win this this Sunday night. Uh, It's a big game. Everyone's going to be watching. This is, I mean, like I said, this is a Chargers team that everyone had so, like, a lot of hopes for, especially after the four on one start. They haven't really done anything to back that up. I still believe in them off team they need to show me that they can really be a super bowl contender before i i appoint them in that category because right right now they're just way too inconsistent on both sides of the ball allowing too many explosive passes on defense not having a lot of explosive plays on offense there needs to be some type of cohesion injuries aren't the problem to me it's just execution and better play calling all around so it's gonna wrap it up thank you for watching till the end of
0: the episode with that as always bolt up